0: Hey everybody. welcome to the Intelverse Podcast. Today's episode is on positive psychology. What is positive psychology? Well, you know it's been described in many ways and with many words, but the most commonly accepted definition of it is um, the scientific study of what makes life most worth living. And that's a quote from Peterson, 2008. And so uh, on today's episode, we'll be talking a little bit about the science behind positive psychology, uh, you know, some of our own personal experiences implementing the practices in positive psychology, and hopefully that shows you guys, you know, the value of the field and also what you can do to start, you know, becoming more happy in your own day-to-day life. So without further ado, let's get started.
1: All right, welcome back, boys and girls, to the Into the Adultverse podcast podcast. Um, It's a pleasure to be back today. And we have a very uplifting, hopefully, episode for you today. Um, How have you been, Fuad? How's everything?
0: Great. Thank you for asking. Uh, I've been doing really well, actually. I've been, you know, really feeling a lot of gratitude for things in my life. I've had a lot of experiences recently that have been like, you know, just like eye opening and and I've met a lot of great people. You know, work is fulfilling. I'm busy. Um, Yeah, I can't complain, man. I get to see your face every week. So, you know, what else (laughs) is there in life that I need right now?
1: Lots to be grateful for, right? For and sure. shout out to everyone that's been sending us messages and supporting the podcast. Um, that's been a huge blessing in our lives too recently. And it's something that honestly keeps us going a lot. Um, and we've mentioned it before in the podcast, but we have a whole iTunes shared iTunes folder between us. Um, and we're saving screenshots of some of the messages you guys are sending us. And uh, yeah, if we're ever feeling down, it just takes a quick second for us to open that and just makes our days. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um
1: yeah, did you come? Did uh, you come strapped with a quote for today's episode? Or that yeah, was my quote, man. Have... Positive
0: psychology is a scientific study of what makes life worth most living. Or oh, okay, most okay, worth okay. Nice That was clean. a quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, nice I, I know you content. have like a like a three pager for me right now, but <laughs>
1: nah, 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 nah. Mine's <laughs> mine's another quick one too. I'd um, uh, love to hear but it. Very, yeah, yeah, very um, uh, relevant, I guess. Uh, not, and this comes from, um, my boy Danny Kahneman, um, famous. Uh, economist great and he said nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it
0: you know that reminds me of this isn't even like like this isn't even related to the structure of our episode but this reminds me of that quote where you know like holding a glass of water is not heavy until you hold it all day and then your arm falls off Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's how when it comes to thoughts as well and like mulling over things we tend to just live in our heads all day and yeah like that does get very heavy and we don't even realize it happening um but we uh yeah and i as they say an idle mind is the devil's playground
0: oh absolutely
1: yeah 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 i'm sure like we've all had experiences with our thoughts running wild
0: yeah
1: um so positive psychology
0: yeah dude great field i think um great field great field man what else is there to say <laughs> no i mean um on the real though like i think there's three main things that positive psychology tries to focus on and i think that's probably where we'll focus most of our episode um the first is positive experiences so like you know happiness joy inspiration love flow state um the second is positive states and traits like gratitude resilience and compassion and the third is positive institutions so that's basically applying the positive psychology principles Within organizations and institutions to create positive institutions. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about each of these in turn. And, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of hard science to hit us with. But um, why don't we just like give give them a little bit of background on Martin Seligman, the founder of a uh, positive psychology?
1: Shout out, Marty. Yeah. Um, he would, I mean, like, for anybody who knows about, I guess, the field of psychology, he isn't really anybody, he's definitely not someone who's new to the terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, he his call to fame was from his theories on learned helplessness, mm-hmm. but what I really appreciated about his POV was that he recognized that you know psychology was very preoccupied with a lot of science behind the negative, you know um, everything with like abnormal psychology, depression, um, Freud, suffering, things of, of that complex. nature. Freud, yeah. yeah, exactly, all this stuff, and he re- recognized that you know what there's this whole glaring area of Um, what he terms positive psychology that just was not being studied. So he found what he was kind of looking for in resilience and learned optimism. Mm -hmm. And that became the groundwork for um, a lot of the work that he started doing in the future. So I honestly, like it's, it's crazy that it took that long, honestly, Mm -hmm. in my head to get to that point. Um, But now, you know, it's a widely recognized um, field and in a lot of places, in a lot of colleges, Positive psychology is actually the most popular courses um, that's being offered. That's awesome. Uh, I know that's tr- true in Yale, and even like when I took it in uh, at Mac for my undergrad. Oh, you took the I, course. That's down. great. No way. Yeah, it was my favorite course there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, that that's easily actionable in your life, and we'll go through some of those um, in the episode. Yeah, for sure. But yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think a great point um, to mention too is like you know this isn't just some like niche branch of psychology. It's definitely become more mainstream. Like was actually elected president of the american psychological association in 1998 shout out 1998 the best year um because i graced you guys with my presence after that year um that's crazy and um you know um marty actually jumped at the opportunity to alter the direction of the field when he when he got such like you know an influential position and um Mm -hmm. he also released like a foundational paper on the new field that was co-published with uh, the founding father of flow and I'm gonna butcher this. Actually, I'm, oh, I don't even know if this I guy should try. This
1: keeps coming up. How does he keep coming up with this podcast? Because this
0: flow crazy. state, man. I'm a huge believer in flow, flow state, so dude. Important. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Huge believer. Yeah. But anyways, his name is Mahali, 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 uh, no, Yeah.
1: I don't. Yeah, honestly, C S something.
0: C. Yeah, Mahali C. Um, and that was like a you know Mahali is yeah the founding father of flow. Um, you know, he has a really, really influential book out there that's influenced how we work and how we think about work and how we think about play and things like that. Um, you know, so there's a lot of influential thinkers behind this and, you know, to, to a lesser extent, or I don't even want to say lesser to some extent as well. Um, thinkers like Angela Duckworth, uh, and, and her work on grit and Carol Dweck and her work on, um, um, growth mindset are all influenced by this, mm-hmm. you know, you know, movement of positive psychology. So it's a very, very influential mm-hmm. thing
1: yeah it seems like those would be seemingly like disparate areas of study but um, when it comes to positive psychology it really does encompass so many um, different areas that aren't really intuitive but i'm sure as like just using um damn Mihaly C's work on flow um, i mean like some of my most for lack of a better word, like profound moments have come through, like, you know, just really being engaged in that flow state for sure. and like really being absorbed by like, the work that I was doing. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you can attest to like, um, you're probably just like spitting out bars of code uh, in those states. And it's it's remarkable how, first of all, like the, the boost in like esteem you get through those moments, mm-hmm. right? Like you feel so good about yourself after. Like I did some great work um, right now. Like you just leave it buzzing and it's so motivating to keep you going, right? So it's like this positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like the, the, there's so many different areas it touches on. So flow, I guess, is something that we can talk a bit more about as well. Oh, and for we sure. Pro- honestly, we should do an episode dedicated to it because, honestly, it is so important. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, yeah. One area that I didn't realize um, that you could really experience flow in, and it's something I realized only after, like even after doing the podcast too, mm-hmm. is that you can experience flow just in having conversations and socializing oh, with other dude, people. Oh, dude, for well. sure.
0: For sure. Dude, right? some of my and biggest flow states. I'm sure an extrovert, state, you know that. Dude, some of my biggest flow states, I love that you brought that up because some of my biggest flow state moments have been uh, in particular at Simple Because so I interned at Simple like uh, fall 2019. And uh, for those of you who are not from Toronto, there's this beautiful park called Trinity Bellwoods Park. And it's right across the street from Simple, And uh, well, Civil Culture was hugely shaped by this park, in my opinion, because what we do is like it's on Queen Street West, which is one of the more hipster neighborhoods in Toronto. There's like a ton of coffee shops, a ton of like vintage shops, you know, really cool fashion, like literally my scene. Like, I'm sorry, like my scene, I got to say, like, I'm a full hipster, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, like all my one on ones and all my coffee chats would be literally like grab a coffee, get that little you know, caffeine hit, get that little serotonin hit. And then go on a walk through the park. And those conversations were some of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. Like, I was so engaged. Mm -hmm. I, like, didn't even remember where I was walking, you know. I didn't know where I was walking. Like, I didn't know the park well at all in the the first couple days either. And, like, it -hmm. didn't matter. Like, it was just a great conversation. I was so engaged into it. So I love that you mentioned that. I definitely think that conversations are a great place to have flow state.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, I mean, it's such a pivotal part about positive psychology, too, because obviously you have to be doing things that that get you feeling good um consistently like day in day out or at least as much as possible um for you to feel good about yourself considering how much of a part and then like again like with most people and there have been studies done on this too for most people um they actually experience flow at work um Mm -hmm. so most people are doing something that they get just like deeply engrossed in and i suppose there's something to be said about the like the pattern uh, building that comes with going in day and out to do like this one thing or whatever at their job. For sure. Um, but that's why you got to, you know, just be cognizant of the things you're doing and try being intentional with it too. Cause if you can start getting good at it, mm-hmm. um, who knows what kind of benefits you can derive with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ritual is very yeah. important in something like flow. Like, you know, that's why so many of like these YouTubers on productivity, like Matt D'Avella, um, mm-hmm. like have these rituals with coffee in particular, you know, the Chemex, right? Like making that pour over coffee in the morning, you know, having that trigger cue after your run or your your walk or your workout or whatever it is to sort of like switch Mm -hmm. into the work state is so, so important. And, you know, I've started doing that as well. Like I do my daily like morning coffee in a very specific way, in a specific order. You know, I put it on a specific spot in my desk. I always check email Mm -hmm. first. And then once I'm done email, like the coffee starts hitting and I'm like, I get into flow state and it's like, it's great. Like I get a lot of sunlight where I'm at too. So that definitely helps. But like, Um, One thing I want to touch on is like, you know, what you said about being intentional. And I think one of the foundational tenets of uh, positive psychology is that, um, you know, happiness isn't the absence of depression. Happiness is something more than just the absence of depression. And it's something that we can all work towards. And a tenet of positive psychology is also that if you put effort in, it's like, it's not just like enough to, you know, put on the smiley face and and fake it till you make it right. Although, you know, studies show Mm -hmm. that if you are smiling, regardless of how you're feeling, you will feel happier. Um, positive psychology also Mm -hmm. argues that even if you put a little bit of effort in that little bit of effort goes a long way into making you happier after you've put on that smiley face already and so yeah like it's all about like empowering people to make the decisions they want and realizing that happiness is a choice right like you can become more happy via the actions and the principles that you implement in your own life and it's not just something that like oh people are happy or people are depressed no it's like something you can have control over
1: Exactly. Yeah. And like I, that could be like oh, maybe like the first lesson from this episode. Mm-hmm. Um fake it till you make it 100% applies to positive psychology. Mm-hmm. Um so like like you mentioned um just if you're feeling down just like throw on a smile. Like force yourself to smile for a bit and it will um you know you, you will eventually like biologically feel better, which is such a weird thing to that's such a weird like life hack, mm-hmm. you know. Um, another thing, like I like with what you mentioned with like the whole ritual, right? Mm Um, one of the other things you can really do to increase positive emotions is, and it's so crazy how it's such a small thing, but we're so lost in thought for most of our day that we don't, we forget to even do this, even with the things we enjoy doing, but Mm -hmm. setting aside 15 to 30 minutes at the very least, um, each day to, and this is the key word, mindfully engage in a pleasurable activity mm. um like taking a bath or like listening to music reading a book whatever um we can be so like in doing these things we can so be so preoccupied with other things we have like a million other thoughts racing through our head oh shit you know i gotta go to work tomorrow yeah. i have a test to take uh, i gotta reply to this person etc 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 and um we are there are very few things in life that we actually do fully mindfully and you know we like the, the whole notion of the the days get longer and the years get shorter. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the reason why we feel that, right? because we don't engage as mindfully in our days as we used to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. when we were kids, we all we were concerned about was having fun, yeah, like enjoying the day, um spending some of that good quality time with our friends. and you know, now that we're older, we do have more responsibilities on our shoulder, but it is an excuse to let that bully you you can't let that bully your psychology and like push your your brain around like that
0: yeah man dude I have, have a lot of thoughts on this like I, I recently I've just been thinking a lot about play and I'll tell you about this maybe after this call but uh, I've been thinking about <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about play and I just realized that I think play is so essential to what it means to be a human being like I think we forget about mm-hmm. it so much and it's almost like scoffed at like playing like who like Dude, like, I don't know why we don't ask each other to just go play outside, you know? Like, I legitimately just want to go play outside. Like, I want to go, like, go for a walk, you know, like, climb something. Like, and I think that humans have, like, you know, distanced themselves and and created these divisions of, like, work and play, right? Where, you know, play Mm -hmm. could be, like, watching a movie or, like, doing art and, like, work is work and it's separate. But I don't know. I'm, like, continuously trying to blur that line between work and play. Continuously trying to see, you know, would it be fun to try this thing in my code, you know? Would it be, like... Fun to talk to this person and see what they think about this at work. You know, would it be fun to propose this idea? You know, things like that, like bringing play. And maybe it's a little harder now that you know we're not in person and it all has to be online on your fingertips. But you know, even like yeah, like it's fun to go out and like just meet somebody at lunch, right? Like those things, mm-hmm. I think, are part of play. And yeah, I think play is super, super essential. And you know, my my mom is an early childhood educator, and she shout out my mom actually, dude. My mom is a huge inspiration to me, and I, I'm ashamed that I have never mentioned her on this show. But my mom actually recently got into a master's program at Ryerson. um, And she's going to be studying um, early childhood education. And she does, like, one of her research areas of interest is in how uh, play-based learning happens. And that's been, like, a huge movement Mm -hmm. in early childhood education. And a lot of places like Montessori schools and things like that have implemented it. Um, And I'll relate this to process Psychology. Don't worry. Uh, But, like, you know, like, my mom, like, um, creates a lot of toys for children where they're just, like, completely blank like wooden blocks and things like that and moving away from like more specific toys where like the the purpose of the toy is more evident right like a barbie or a car or something like that and there's actually been like a huge Mm -hmm. shift in these early childhood education research fields to start using like you know more blank toys and more like nondescript nondescript items and in order to encourage people to be creative with them and to play with them mm-hmm. naturally. And you can use, you know, a wooden not walk for anything, right. You can use it as a stand to stand on, you can use it as a crown, you can use it as like a weapon, you know, you can use it for anything. It's just like encouraging that natural creativity. Um, and so bringing it back to the point of positive psychology, I think, you know, a big part of positive psychology is tapping into that creativity. And one of the ways that happens is through flow state, right? Like we mentioned, but, mm-hmm. um, like disregarding flow state for for a second, like I think, you know, just being able to tap into your creativity is an essential part of being happy. I think people who do rote work, like, you know, like factory line workers and things like that, it's much harder to get into that flow state. It's much harder to have that fulfillment when you don't see your creativity like blossoming through your work. And so that's a really, really important mm-hmm. tenet of positive psychology.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, also like a lot of things I wanted to say on that For as sure. Well. Dude, um, take your
0: time. We got time
1: yeah so okay well first of all i think it's important to acknowledge that um unfortunately as like shitty as it is not everybody has the privilege of blurring those lines right between work and play but that should be the highest at least in my opinion like goal of like like i guess i want to say life because work and play comprise pretty much everything like such a huge part of life
0: for sure um yeah and dude thank you for keeping me on track i I would like to definitely say like i'm hugely privileged to have this chance to do this you know not everyone has that chance Mm -hmm. most people are just trying to survive you know but yeah
1: which is like but it's been and again like a lot of people stress about the increasingly automated nature of the workforce Mm -hmm. but you know thinking about it like from like from the dawn of like the industrial evolution um industrial revolution things have been um like getting automated like since we like as been born as like a species even um, we've been making things like again like those rote routine um like work we've been making that uh we've been taking the responsibility from like us as humans onto like whatever like it onto animals or like now robots right yeah. and that's not inherently a bad thing because there is no finite amount of jobs like if there was a finite amount of jobs we probably would have ran out of like a of building new jobs like a long time ago, sure. but then there gets the advent of new technology and stuff and new things to educate ourselves on. And I think that like, that's why learning and education plays such a huge part in this because if you can get excited about education and like learning new things, then you become invincible. Like people ask the you, question, like, sure. what are the most important skills to learn going into the future? And I don't think it's a hard skill. It's hundred percent the, the the meta skills you need to develop, right? If you can get better at learning, then you're going to be invincible like you can't people can't take anything from you because you know you can just easily find something else to pivot into and like learn about that and then become a master of that as well um and that's why it sucks like like early childhood education is such a huge like facet of this huge um it robs so many children of the natural born curiosity that they were ingrained with and it's so sad like Putting everybody into boxes in this like this standardized education system, has really quelled the f- like the flame that like a lot of people had um, regarding education. Mm-hmm. So both work, both education, and fi- figuring out as a society how we can integrate play into that a little better. And I get like this has been a cool experiment too, like COVID and everything, like. Shitty as the circumstances are, again, a lot of people are starting to question like the nature of work as it stands. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are starting to go remote now, um, experiment with like hybrid approaches to work, and figuring out how they can deliver that same level of work or the quality of work, um, while affording the freedom to explore other avenues, right? Mm-hmm. And there've been plenty of experiments on uh, Microsoft Japan. is probably like the most famous one we've seen where they've been experimenting with a four-day work week, and you know, not only did they see that everyone was happier for it, but across the board, um, productivity was up. Um, like everything, like all the stats are up, mm-hmm. which is like remarkable
0: to see. It is. It's remarkable, yeah. And I think we can definitely take a lot of cues from that as the North American society. And one thing I've, I've also realized that, and you know, I'm I have not been able to travel as much as other people, and so I'm sure people who have traveled probably have can attest to this even more than I can. But from what I've talked to, and you know what I know, and readings and things like that. North America and also Japan to an extent because some of the work culture in Asia is pretty, pretty intense. Like Japan has crazy hours and like so does China. But North America works way more than the rest of the world. Like this is not typical. You know, I think, you know, most of our listeners are probably from North America and and most of our listeners are probably, you know, the hustle mindset and things like that. But um, one thing that people don't realize is that, you know, this isn't just how human beings live. You know, like these are choices that we are making. Like we are choosing to go to work nine to five every day for the rest of our lives, you know? Like, yeah, we need to do this to survive or whatever, but like in a lot of countries, they don't do this, you know? Like a great example is Europe. Um, in Europe, like, I mean, especially in some, some particular countries, like people take like huge lunch breaks, right? Like I take a 30 minute lunch break. Like I, I make a smoothie in a blender cause I don't have time to cook <laughs> and cause it's healthy, but whatever. Um, and dude people in europe take like two hour one and a half hour lunch breaks you know they like Mm -hmm. and they work at four go to the bar chill until like seven you know like things like that like just so unheard of for north american culture like north american culture is so high strung and so always on you know always hustling things like that and i think it, it does a lot for your state of mental health to just like even just like i highly encourage people to just like even just get out of north america and see what other people live like and not everyone lives like that, 100%. you know, and they're completely happy living like that. Like, yeah, they're not as rich as, as, you know, the people that hustle all day, but there are some really, really amazing things you can learn from just experiencing a culture that's completely different from yours, where they don't necessarily value work the same way. And, like, mm-hmm. it is an important thing to consider, like, you know, this isn't how the world has to be. Like, we we're making a decision that work needs to play such a huge role in our lives and in, in, in the society's lives, Right
1: yeah and i and maybe we can spend some time now and segue into the relationship between positive psychology and happiness and money yeah um but yeah that's a, a great way to to really recognize the real value of money is to take a break from everything and see how these different people live in other parts of the world For sure. right um seeing the the level first of all like seeing the amount of poverty like in the world firsthand like it's Okay, okay, this is going to be like. I don't know if, Okay, like, I'll just like touch on this briefly. We don't really have to dive into it, mm-hmm. but I just want to make a point of this because people love like glorifying and like romanticizing this. But this, like, it sounds so bad to say, but it's almost like poverty porn. Like, people romanticize this, um, like, this culture of helping people out, like, across the world so much. And, like, mm. they do so, so it's much. like in, savior like, complex. Yeah. Yeah. This savior complex and everything, right? And, I mean, like. Dude, it makes me sick. Oh, oh, my God. Volunteerism is such We a... could do a whole episode on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, like the, the way that... I, I don't know who, like, posited this, but the way that somebody frames this to make it a little more tangible is that, say, for example, like, you were on your way to, I don't know, like, a networking event or, like, you were going to give a speech or, like, a talk or whatever, mm-hmm. and you were wearing, like, a really expensive suit, like a $1,000 suit. Yeah. And you saw a kid drowning, like, in a pond on your way to thing, on the way to your talk. You're obviously going to go in and like jump in and save them, right? Like, be like the thousand dollars to be damned. that like, you're not going to let a kid die in front of you. Yeah. That's the same thing. Like, a thousand dollars can save a life in another part of the world. But how many people are really going to be putting that up? Mm. The proximity is such a huge thing. And if, if, I and mean, shout out the effective altruism movement because, like, I love what the, like their mission behind this. Oh, and dude, trying so to much. Yeah. Um, make everything transparent with this because there's so many charities that are just bullshit. They're just funneling your money so they can just pay themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know when it comes to donating to these, there's a lot. There's a lot that really you have to consider because oftentimes who you donate to matters a lot more than how much you donate. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it that could literally mean the difference between like dozens of lives. Like the same amount of money going to a different charity versus um, something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry for the tirade, but yeah. like I think it was just something important no, to sure. like mention. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess like going back to topics, so money and happiness. Yeah,
0: money and happiness. So there's actually like a lot of really, really cool research happening around this and has been continuing to happen around this. But um, there's like a curve that shows actual happiness versus predicted happiness uh, based on income, right? And so essentially, like the main idea of the curve is to show that, you know, humans um, in lower incomes think that an increase in income. Will get them a huge leap in happiness, right? Um, but it turns out that um, past certain thresholds, first off, past certain thresholds of income, happiness is constant, right? Happiness does not depend on income whatsoever, right? But second off, even at lower incomes, you know, the prediction of how much we increase in happiness from that income is actually way less than the actual tangible result of how much we increase in happiness when we achieve that income gain. And so, Basically, this is like a you know the the classic maxim that like money doesn't buy happiness, right? But in, in full effect, and um, I don't know, like I think we've as a society have built in expectations that you know things become way better once you get rich. But in reality, like past like you know ninety thousand dollars, almost everyone has the exact same happiness, even up to a million dollar income a year, right? And this is crazy when we consider that like you know the the median income in the in the US is like fifty four thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? which is like you know much much less than like a million dollars but like there actually isn't like huge markedly different um ranges in happiness between those two income levels Mm -hmm.
1: and even with um i remember um, my memory's a little hazy on this but um this this, like topic is going to bring it up a bit is um even looking at like some of the homeless populations like around the world um some homeless populations are even like happier than people who are just above the poverty line just because of like a community and be like I guess like mindset um, there are so many people who it's and it sucks to see because like why do we have to be like this but people who will mm-hmm. do things just so they can get a leg up on you just to say that they're above you on this like social hierarchy and mm-hmm. you guys could both be on like the bottom two rungs of the ladder and you know they will mm-hmm. still like snake you to drop you to being the bottom just so they can say oh at least I'm not in the bottom and yeah, yeah, it's just a self-perpetuating cycle, but it's an ugly thing. It
0: is, man. Yeah. No, it's a really ugly thing. And I think, yeah, like, you know, going back to positive psychology, I think even knowing this is a huge freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, realizing that money doesn't necessarily buy you happiness, but also realizing that there's actual science behind this, right? Like, there's this has actually been studied, you know, in rigorously in multiple psychological papers. And I'll link the paper to this in the description of this episode. Um, but, like, yeah, like, it seems like such an obvious statement, but I think what people don't realize is that there's so many other factors that go into happiness that aren't money. And yeah, money might make it easier for you to implement those factors, but it's very easy to implement those factors yourself. And so why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about some of those actionable steps and um, like factors that can actually lead to concrete happiness increases and how we've experienced them in our own lives. I think a particular one for me um, and I want you to start off with this: is gratitude, and how has gratitude played a role in increasing your happiness in life?
1: Mm. Um, gratitude has been huge. Um, being conscious about the things that you are directing your like mental power on, the way that your thoughts are, the direction your thoughts are heading in, um, being intentional with that is a huge thing. Because unintentionally, and I didn't realize this, I was focusing on a lot of negative things. Um, and I think a lot of, mm-hmm. like, people do this, right? Like, it's just, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but just generally, like, people focus on the negatives over the positives. If somebody, like, a 10 mm-hmm. people compliment you and one person says something, like, really, like, just terrible, it castigates you, and that's going to have you feeling down, too, right? I love that
0: word, by the way, castigate, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, yeah, focusing on gratitude has made me realize that Yo, know, there's actually so many blessings in my life that I had completely just glossed over in focusing on the things that I didn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. And like there's this this thing to do with desire. Right. And like this this is ancient Buddhist wisdom. But like a desire is a contract that you forge with yourself to be unhappy all your days until you achieve that object of your desire. Mm-hmm. So being intentional about the things that, which is why it's important to be grateful because then you realize like, yo, you know, I have a lot of the things that I, that I really need. Like just because mm-hmm. that, just because I don't have a Lamborghini doesn't mean I can't be happy with like the civic that I'm rolling around with. Right. For sure. Yeah. So what yeah. what are your thoughts on gratitude?
0: Yeah, man. No, dude, you really hit it on the head. Like, I think like, yeah, r- relating back to our like money point, like money is, is important to like achieve like a certain level of base income and like be you know have your basic needs met but beyond that like like you said like the honda civic and the lamborghini are going to be the same as long as your gratitude like lines up with that right and gratitude is actually a huge contributor to happiness in life and um there's like multiple research that suggests that the more that you cultivate gratitude the happier that you will be and we'll link some of this research in um in the description of the episode right but um like a big thing to realize is that gratitude is actually pretty easy to like implement into your own life and it doesn't need to be something that you just like feel and you don't really have to rely on your brain remembering it or anything like that but there's actual concrete things you can do to be more grateful in your life and you know journaling i'm a huge proponent of journaling i think it's been really really important for me like you know becoming more of like a, a mature human being overall and just like becoming like somebody who's like an individual with like a value system and things like that but um, uh, I think a big thing that I do personally is like I try and when like when I journal, which, you know, admittedly isn't every day anymore, um, whether it's once a week or like once every two weeks or whatever it is, I really, really try and hone in on the things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like, you know, make a list and it doesn't need to be like, you know, three items every day or something like that. But what, it, like just focusing on overall, what are the things that have really, really brought you happiness in the last like week or, or a couple days? And like, what are some things you're super grateful for? And dude, I... Actually, I actually had an idea. I haven't done this in a while, so why don't we do this on the episode right now? What are you, what are you most grateful for right now?
1: What I'm most grateful for. And I'll do it. For, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'll do it after you. Yeah. What am I most grateful for? So I guess, like, recently, I have to say, I'm most grateful for. Um, honestly, like, I've just been thinking about this a lot recently, but it, it has to be my parents. Um, they put up with so much of my shit, and I am such a brat sometimes, so I apologize to my parents yeah. for that, but they've been you know, really patient with me through like the ups and the downs. And like, I've pivoted like a bunch over like my, my academic career, like so far. And like even figuring out myself as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only mm-hmm. more recently that I've started to like gain my footing. So it's been an uncertain time for them, right? Like obviously you don't want your, to see your kid like struggling like that. And yeah, they, they gave me the space I needed to grow, which I appreciate. They didn't like, they didn't smother me. Um, they didn't like abandon me or whatever. Like I knew that they were within arm's reach if I really needed them to be. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was still able to do like the things I was able to do confidently because I knew I had them behind me. Yeah.
0: What about you? That's super real. Thank you for sharing, bro. That dude, I I have so many thoughts on parenting. I'm not even a parent and (laughs) I don't plan on being one for a hot minute, but knock on wood, I have a lot of thoughts on parenting and dude, it sounds like your parents are doing the right thing by being there like for support if you need, but still giving you freedom to fuck up and like Mm -hmm. find your own way. So that's great to to hear, man. Dude, yeah, um, thinking about it, I think one thing in particular that I've been really grateful for recently is my physical health. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously a privilege, you know, like I have like enough money to eat healthy food, right? I have enough free time to, like I don't have to work three jobs that I can like, you know, work out and go for runs and things like that. Um, And I go for like an hour and a half long walk every sunset, it's been great. And so one thing that I'm super and especially during this time with COVID and things like that, uh, one thing that I'm super, super grateful for is my physical health and my body. And I've been really, really rethinking my relationship with health a lot and realizing that it's something I really, really value. And I want to continue like moving forward and like continuously improving and and being proactive with health and things like that. Mm So that's one thing. And then I think the other thing that I'm really, really grateful for is like, um, dude, honestly, my housemates, like I think they're really great people. And like uh, shout out Devin and Kevin. I don't know if they're hearing right now in the other room, but like. Um, I feel like, and not even just them, but just like, I feel like I've been really lucky in all my living situations to just meet like really cool people. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if it's because I'm open-minded, so I tend to think everyone's cool, <laughs> which I, I do think, I think everyone's cool. Like I've never met someone who I was like, that person's really not cool. Um, but yeah, man, just like grateful that I've been meeting cool people and just like having good conversations with them kind of and yourself bro. included, bro. Like, I'm so glad I met you. I you appreciate
1: know? that. No, I'm so grateful I met you too. Again, like I, you've been responsible for so many of the blessings that have come my way so yeah i
0: appreciate you for that thank you but bro. this yeah, yeah, is a
1: sick exercise that feel so much yeah, better like i feel so yeah good bro right dude now. i'm so heck? happy yeah, i'm so heck?
0: happy like dude this is perfect like case in point like i'm actually so yeah, happy yeah, yeah
1: no 100 um wow guys try it out like take a take a second pause the episode you know just think to ask yourself what are you really grateful for right now
0: Dude, we should switch tracks. We should just be like a, a kindness motivational <laughs> podcast episode, or like a guided meditation type thing. Where like like headspace, bro. You just listen to our freaking no, I don't have the voice podcast, for that. and you like my voice is insane. <laughs> Mine isn't either, but we can work on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: man. yeah, that no, yeah. So yeah, gratitude, gratitude. Practice that day in day out. It's such an easy way. It's such an easy shortcut just to making yourself feel good. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I have started to, to do more like uh, on the note of gratitude is telling other people, but I'm grateful for something that they've done. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. For some reason, like I've always been so like shy with that or like reserved about it. But, you know, I've just come to I've, I've gotten like tired of that. It's just like it's so boring. And I realize that like everybody is shy to a certain point and everybody's waiting for you to make that first move and like say hi, approach mm-hmm. them and do all these things. Right. And I realized, like, yo, mm-hmm. I was that person. Like, I was constantly waiting for people to just, like, come up to me and say hi or like, in, uh, initiate like a conversation or whatever. And now I'm like trying to be that person that goes up and like that makes, yeah, that's able to make people feel welcome, you know, in like different Damn. circles and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like,
0: if dude, our little introvert is growing. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm still, I'm
1: still 100% an introvert, but. You open up a lot more opportunities by being extroverted under different conditions, but it's still hella. For, for better or
0: for worse, we do live in an extroverted like bio society. Like we, it's got to be said, you know. So you're saying it's way easier to be successful. No, no, I'm saying like, dude, I'm very privileged to be naturally extroverted in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it sucks. Like, there's definitely like some things that we need to improve about that, but also it does open up opportunities so you're down the door. You're...
1: your extroversion, yeah. I read it. I read
0: it. No, I'm very lucky to be like this. You know, like, yeah. No, but yeah. dude, a couple notes on that. Um. The first is, um, I've, I've also like, that's something I, I've been trying to do for a while now. But one thing that I've, I've also always done is like complimenting people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am like that, that friend who will like literally like, I just met you, but I'll be like, yo, I really like your sweater like i really like your shoes or like you know i think your hair looks really great okay sorry dude yeah things (laughs) like that like not even just being a high piece like i do this for like eclectic people too like different types of fashion but like even just like oh like your eyelashes look good tonight and like i don't mean that in like a you know like i'm trying to hit on you type of way like i say that to my friends you know i say that to my male friends bro like i will like i will compliment your nails bro like dude your nails be looking sweet tonight you know like yeah you get a pedicure manicure you know i think all males should get those anyways the point being like finding finding something to compliment in someone is a skill and it's it's a really really great skill to have because once you get good at it and you find that one thing that somebody put effort into like they got new glasses or they changed their hair up and you mention it bro people just like man they just it melt bro it's so week, great to see it
1: makes their year like what the heck it's such an easy dude, way yeah
0: to... yeah man and dude okay so two more thoughts so the second one i had was Dude, I just wish this was a video, bro, because if people could see how much we're smiling yeah. right now, like, <laughs> after that exercise. dude. For sure, for sure. Like, we're actually just smiling so much more after we, like, talked about what we're grateful for and, and things like that. Like, dude, th- like, literally, this is so, like, I-, I can't explain how true all this science is, mm-hmm. like, any better than just by smiling, you know, because I'm just having such a great time. Um, And then the third thing that I wanted to mention is that um, happiness is super contagious. And this has actually been studied... Quite, quite significantly um, in, the, in that those with happy friends and significant others are much, much more likely to be happy currently and in the future. Um, Fowler and Christakis, 2008. Um, and so, you know, like going back to what we said, like when you show your gratefulness and you are happy because you're you're showing gratefulness and the other person is happy because you're, you know, being grateful to them or you're like complimenting them or whatever it is, dude, everyone's just so much happier, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a win-win, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you're making yourself happy and you're doing it for selfish reasons, but you're also making everyone else happy. And, like, I, I'm sure everybody knows that friend that, like... Or the two types of friends. There's the one friend where, like, all you can do is roast. And, like, it's funny and it's great, but, like, you at some point, like, the roasts are just too much. And, like, it's not a great time anymore. People are on their toes, you know? They're yeah. scared to say something. And, dude, I'm fully complicit in this. I do this so much, especially with my voice. Shout out to Beans. But, um, like everyone also has that one friend who's just like such a great, happy person mm-hmm. that when you're around them, you just like, you can't stop smiling. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have a conversation with them and you're continuously laughing and like you're continuously smiling. You just feel so good. Right. And man, I know which one of those I want to be. You know what I mean?
1: I think we know who you are. <laughs> I'm the
0: roasting the guy, roasting but guy. yeah, I'm transitioning uh... slowly. I'm a recovering roast guy. But <laughs> <laughs> but
1: shout out to like honestly, shout out to the happy friends. Um, we all appreciate you deeply. Uh, you yeah, Honestly, mm-hmm. maybe we should start the episodes with a quick, like, what are we grateful for segue, you know?
0: Dude, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so down. Yeah, okay, we'll just do, do, like, it. one or two things. Like, this week's been great. I've been happy about this. Like, yeah. yeah. And That's it, yeah. Yeah, let's do it, man. Give people a little positivity. Hopefully, it's contagious too.
1: Hundred yeah. percent, and we can force the listeners yeah. to join us in the exercise too. Just to, as a reminder, yeah, man. As a reminder, for sure, for sure. Um, Hopefully,
0: people are listening. It's minute forty. Our stats have been saying people aren't listening this long, but you know, if you're listening, you're one of the I love real ones. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: also, like, I really um, love what you mentioned about like just complimenting, even to like your male friends about things, even something as subtle as like their nails or whatever. Um, fragile masculinity we see it everywhere you know and like all of a sudden it's gay to compliment your friends like on their nails which oh is horrible, so bro. like, yeah that's so it's so, that's dumb. so toxic it's so toxic like why it's so unnecessary um
0: dude i'm probably like one of the most like more masculine leaning people i know and i like hate that like weird flex okay our interpretation of masculinity no dude like it. i used to be so yeah. toxic i used to be so toxic masculine really? bro like I used to, like, yeah, bro, like, you can't cry, you can't have emotions, you can talk about feelings, like, things like that, but I'm, like, very, very much, like, turned around at this point, like, yeah, I think I was that's so say, stupid, made, made, like, like it's so toxic. Yeah, like,
1: I wouldn't have recognized no. that in you at all.
0: Really? Yeah. I'm, dude, thank you for saying that, thank you for saying that, that's a great compliment to give someone. <laughs> no, I'm serious, that's a great, I, that's something I've really, really tried to work on, I've been very intentional about it, it wasn't easy for me, mm-hmm. and, like, I think it, I was helped to an extent, because I have a lot of sisters, and so, I was always a little bit more in touch with my feminine side, but like i think it's really really important to like to break out of that toxic masculine cycle and just like dude like do things that make you happy say things that make you happy you know like don't like diss somebody because it's cool to be like a you know like a toxic guy like dude just do what makes you happy bro like exactly
1: uh, um yeah so i guess we can like a couple handful we can just like bullet them off um i guess like a couple more exercises in like building up positive emotions in you um and these are pretty sure. straightforward um yeah go ahead one would be giving priority to close relationships as with Mm -hmm. anything in life you got to nurture the relationships that you have right you can't just completely Mm -hmm. ignore it and expect it to thrive um Mm -hmm. things get busy we get caught up in our lives and people understand that but don't forget to you know shoot your old friends some messages like hey how you been um Mm -hmm. you know like i just wanted to catch up quick and honestly it's such a good thing for you too like the quality time that you spend with close friends and like loved ones that's unparalleled i'm sure like we've all had mm-hmm. like the best I, we were talking i can remember which uh oh this was on the loneliness episode those uh mm-hmm. those uh those laughs where you're crying you can't breathe yeah, i bro. fucking love those laughs you always have those with you know th- with your close friends so make some time for that
0: mm-hmm. dude for sure yeah. yeah
1: get get proper sleep shut out sleep you cannot be ignoring that you need sleep to i've been be fucking happy. that up recently not gonna lie what, man, I've get been, it I've together been laughing, bro sleep.
0: I know, bro. I need to get back on that, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a couple as well. Yeah, yeah, I think for sure. one that... Um, yeah, this dude, this reminds I don't know if you've ever taken that love languages quiz where yeah. you... Okay, well, you got to tell us now. What is your love language? What are your two? Um, or, like, your one and your two?
1: Uh, it was quality time and physical touch.
0: Damn, we would not be great pairing. <laughs> Actually, quality time is my second, but the first one is words of affirmation for me. Mm. I'm a very, like... I'm, I rely heavily on words. Like I, I'm, I think one of the reasons I write is because I'm very interested in words and how words can convey thoughts. But then, yeah, also like in, in my relationships. So the reason I mentioned this is, you know, first off as a shout out to any girls who are listening, but second (laughs) off, um, I think that beyond like romantic relationships it's very important, even in your friendships to realize that love languages are important. And so there are two main things I wanted to talk about. One is that if you're if you're the type of guy with physical touch dude hugging your friends that's so important Mm -hmm. for and you obviously can't do that right now maybe but hugging your friends is so important it's so overlooked but it's a really really great way to boost your happiness like there's so many studies on this but hugs like the number of hugs you have in in a week or a day or like whatever it is is like directly correlated with your happiness in life Mm -hmm. it's pretty incredible and then the second thing you obviously words of affirmation and things like that right uh, but the third, uh, or so maybe the third thing I think is, um, acts of service. And I don't know if that's not personally my love language of choice, but I think, you know, people who do random acts of kindness and things like that, like there's a lot of studies also that show that that really, really increases your happiness. Mm -hmm. Like just like, you know, setting the table for somebody as they come home or like, um, I don't know, doing somebody's laundry when they're out and, and they, you know, they're, they're stressed or like, you know, sweeping a little bit for your housemates, like when when they don't have time to sweep themselves, like things like that, 100%. are like really really great ways to you know increase your happiness and also increase somebody else's happiness at the same time. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm pretty sure even just like I swear even hugging a tree, is doesn't that also boost levels of
0: happiness too? I got to be trying those then. I'm pretty sure I I, I'm pretty sure I saw a study <laughs> on that or
1: something. Or like in Japan, they force like their their populace like um, to go out and spend some time in nature. Because even just being around yeah. nature just bo- boosts happiness levels too.
0: Yeah, 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 dude, for sure. I was going to mention that. Like, spending time in nature boosts happiness. Mm-hmm. Working out boosts happiness. Spending money on other people results in more happiness than spending it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Spending money on experiences results in more happiness than spending money on items. Definitely. Um, volunteering your time like, tangibly improves, improves your well-being and satisfaction and also reduces symptoms of depression. Um, you know, like... Yeah, anyways, those are a lot of tips. I don't know if people are overwhelmed. I don't want to overwhelm people, but those are a lot of tips. And we will maybe we should we'll do even a, do a yeah, thing where we list them out in the description. We can like list some actionable items. Oh yeah, we like can that. do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Okay, sounds good.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, man.
1: we should we can we can do a follow-up episode to this too.
0: Dude, for sure. I have so much to say on this though. 100%. And maybe yeah. we can get a little bit more into some studies and and things like that as well because I know we talked about it a lot and we mentioned that study show, but like we will link some studies in the description and and we encourage you guys to do your own research, but this is a very, you know, well-researched area of psychology, and it's it's new, but it's very popular. So
1: and very yeah. important. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much in this
0: world. Dude, happiness is the most important thing. Like being happy, that that, that should be your number one goal. For you know sure, I mean?
1: for sure. Right. Um, yeah, and then I think we can leave it at that for now.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So for everyone who's still listening, sign off. You know, do something for somebody close in your life. Give somebody a hug. And, and tell them that you're grateful for them.
1: Yo, tell somebody you love them. Like, straight up. Dude, I love you, bro. Yo, I love you too, brother. Real. Alright, let's end it there. That's
0: some real love. Yeah. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers.